far are you going? About 30 years. In this week's episode, it's our web craze review of Spider-Man No Way Home. They say Sony on the side, and they're no- noise canceling. Okay. But I, I don't know the number. But... I, I, I mean, I've been using these uh, PS3 USB head headset things since I don't know a long time. It's 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 done the job so far. So I really probably when the PS3 when the PS3 was new or something like well, 15 years ago. No, before. it was it was actually when our Radio Shack was going out of business. <laughs> Radio Shack. Yeah, there was a Radio Shack in like a oh, Athens. Was at like, least ten years. Yeah, there was like a Radio Shack in Athens, like um, in Georgia. Yeah, and we went in there. It was kind of a ghetto mall, and I was like, went up there to see what they had. So this is like, I think it was like maybe five bucks or something. I was like, well, I can't really complain for five dollar headphones. So that's the professional audio equipment that we've been using for. I've been using for podcasting. <laughs> Uh, it looks like that was 2015 that Radio Shack went bankrupt. Yeah, that sounds about right. I well, think it, so, I think some, it was entirely bankrupt. It's like still, it's still owned by some new company, retail e-commerce ventures, and they just run like an e-commerce website. Oh, okay. But they don't have their own stores or anything. I don't think. Oh no, there's. I mean, their brick and mortar locations are bought out by T-Mobile now. I mean, this is what it says on Wikipedia, but it says Radio Shack operates primarily as an e-commerce website, a network of independently owned franchise Radio Shack stores, and a supplier of parts for Hobbytown USA. I haven't seen any franchise stores. I think they must mean, like, internet stores only or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know Hobbytown USA. Do they have that where you live? Uh, well, Hobby, the closest Hobbytown USA is, like, there's one in Asheville, one in Augusta. Um, those are the two I can think of. There's, I mean, there's not any in Greenville, surprisingly. Is this, like, Hobby Lobby, or is it something different? Well, Hobbytown is, like, a, a, a particular, like, hobby store. Like, they have, like, like, I know the one in, um, Asheville has, like, RC car section, then in Gundam model kits... And like World War Two planes and tanks, and uh, the one in Augusta, they might have like this Captain Harlock uh, Arcadia like old model kit there, and like they had a perfect grade uh, Evangelion there at one point. I mean, it's been like a couple years since I was since I was there, so I'm curious oh. if anybody's picked it up since then. Yeah, 
Okay, so I guess we'll do introductions now. I'm John Yerzionic. This is the Anime Guest to Your Podcast. And this is our Spider-Man episode. And our first recording of 2022, for the yes. record. Yeah. As to when this comes out, if it's going to come out in January, I don't know. That's yeah. up to me to edit. Oh, I'm yawning because I had such a busy weekend. So I wind up rearranging my room, putting up a shelf, taking things out and it, it was I was pooped by yesterday. I'll tell you that much, but it's a whole lot, a whole lot more room in here now. And I had to take take stuff to storage and things like so that I stay busy um my New Year's Eve weekend, so yeah, it is 2022 now, so now we're in a new year. I don't know if it's going to be any better than the last year, but we'll see. Probably not. This is just uh, version 2 of 2020. Last year was version 1. <laughs> yeah. I see already this year they've uh, just banned Marjorie Taylor Greene from Twitter, so I guess we're going to have another year of internet censorship. Oh, boy. I don't... <sighs> Twitter's a crap hole anyways. That's true. She's better yeah. off without it. So uh, I guess I'll have to summarize this Spider-Man movie here. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I was fairly impressed with this film. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, give your thoughts. So it it starts off uh, following the the last movie where the, Jameson reveals the uh, secret identity of Spider-Man. Which I have not seen. Yeah. So I, I came into this and it was like, and I'm like, huh, I feel like I've just missed something important. Uh, oh, so you didn't see Spider-Man No Way Home? No. <laughs> okay. That's the one. Well, I guess I'll summarize that one too then. Well, basically he, go, he go, oh goes God. on like a school field trip to Europe and, uh, um, you know, he fights Mysterio. Um, Mary Jane learned, well, she's not Mary Jane. She's like Michelle Jones. Yeah. Uh, black, black Mary Jane, Black MJ. Uh, she she learns his secret identity, and um, then Mysterio dies during the battle. But like, like sends off his yo of Peter without a mask on to to Jameson, and then um, uh, so now Peter's all like freaked out because there's all these people that know he's Spider Man, and I uh, my thing was like yeah they made uh, J J. Jameson like uh, an Alex Jones knockoff. Yes. Yeah, which is, is pretty funny. Um, yeah. In the set and the special effects on. Yeah, his, his studio his, is like a green a screen and stuff. That it's, yeah, it's a parody of Infowars. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> but they got back the original um, Jameson from the from the Tobey Maguire. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Movies. Yeah. J.K. Rowling isn't she the one who wrote Harry Potter? She, no, um, J.K. Simmons. Jeez, there's too many J.K.s yeah, no, out J.K. there. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that Harry Potter reunion special. I was like, are, are they going to mention J.K. Rowling, or is her comments about the transgender made her like unpersoned? And they do mention her a few times, but they do not interview her for it. And near the end, you seem to be cutting out. Or did you just stop talking? John, it's the whole thing. I no, I, mi- I missed no, everything. Okay, because I, I I missed it. you were talking and then it seemed like it just cut out. Okay, hold on. All right. 
Can you hear me now? Or yeah, I, I can hear you. It was okay. just like you got into this whole thing, and then okay. it just like you cut out for like ten seconds. Okay. Well, I was just saying that they do not mention her very much, and then when she when she does appear in that Harry Potter reunion special, it's it's a clip of her from years ago. So I guess they decided not to interview her because she's too controversial. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Just like how Patton Oswalt had to issue some apology for meeting Dave Chappelle after he made a joke about transgenderism in a Netflix special. Oh my gosh. So stupid. But uh, yeah, this new movie. <laughs> um, I'm sure that somebody from this movie will be canceled by the time this uh, episode is released. But, Which person are you thinking? Um, Oh, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, I mean, who's the oldest person on there? Maybe J.K. Simmons himself will, will go, go Joan, Jonah Jameson in real life or something. <laughs> oh, I, I, thought, I thought there was like some other new development that came out about somebody like, no, uh, okay. nothing's happened yet, but you wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if something did happen. Well, it's just continual, you know, but yeah. Um, so he goes to see Doctor Strange to get his secret identity removed from everybody's uh, memory and then at this point I went to the bathroom so I'm not sure why but something goes wrong with the spell so yeah because I I don't like I get I get all my stuff done like before the movie starts so basically um um Spider-Man wants he's like well I want everyone to forget who I am as Peter Parker because like apparently with everyone knowing he's Peter Parker he's got the people that either support him or completely hate him. They're like, oh, Mysterio is our real hero. You're just a phony or whatever. And uh, so he goes to talk to Dr. Doctor, uh, Dr. Strange. And um, the wizard basically tells him, like, I want everyone to forget about me. And then he's, like, trying to conjure up the spirit. And he goes, well, no, I, I want MJ to remember me. Well, no, I want Aunt May. And then, like, the more he has these stipulations, the more unstable the spell gets. So then, like, he has to constrain it into, like, this cube or whatever like and, and, and trap it and then um, and then of course like he badgers um, um, Peter Parker for like oh you're you're doing all this because you didn't like dispute your uh, rejection from your college administration and he came to me th- you know thinking this is going to solve your problem and he's like you know kid get out there and talk to this advisor person and then that's when um, they're on the bridge and then uh, that's when uh the guy who plays Doctor Octopus shows up from the from the Tobey Maguire films, and then realizes, uh, yeah. yeah, and then realizes that uh, it's not Tobey Maguire as Spider Man. It's like, well, you're, you know, he's like, you're Spider Man, but you're not the Spider Man I know. Yeah, that happens, um, and then he has to he has to protect the the admissions officer from from Doctor Octopus, yeah. and then she like reconsiders him. Uh, as an applicant because he saved her life. Um, well, it, it, I guess, he, I don't know if it, I don't know if like, does it still count even though everyone forgot him? I guess maybe like she got, she got it done on paper. So maybe if it's on paper, he still gets an MIT or I, I don't know. Like, cause the end of that movie, he's like in this like crappy apartment and I don't know if he got into school or not. They didn't really specify on that. Yeah. That's the but he is in Boston because there's snow. <laughs> well, he lives in New York originally, so there'd be snow there too. So I don't know. I I don't know how that New England area works. We don't have Daft as our um, 
New England correspondent to explain how weird the weather is up there. It's either snowing or your or your roads are getting flooded. The two weather seasons that are up in the New England area. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they get a lot of snow in New York too. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that they probably. I mean, there's so much like paper trail of him being Spider-Man that I don't know how they could even remove that from. You don't just mess with people's minds because there's all these, mm-hmm. and there's like all the Jameson broadcasts. I guess they just have to. Re- oh my gosh! So it cut out again. Yeah, it did. You're it, it didn't. I didn't get the last end of your sentence. I don't know if it's the headphones okay. or your internet or. Yeah, well, I think it's a low quality connection because I saw it was on orange and it was cutting out a little bit when you were talking too. Oh, but this is this, this is the Discord, Discord thing, is. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just their strength up with their connection. Oh, okay. When I check my Wi-Fi now, it seems to be fine. But, yeah, I was just saying, like, uh, the spell has to have, like, changed history or whatever. Uh, they did something stupid like this in the comics as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's this storyline where uh, it's called Civil War, but it's different from the Civil War movie in a lot of ways. So but wait, there, there's two different Civil Wars in the Marvel Universe? Yeah, there's the comic, and then the movie Civil War is like an adaptation of it, but it's very loose. Well, yeah. So, and they changed a lot. So, yeah, in the comic, it, Spider-Man is on Iron Man's side, like the, like in the movie, at least at first. Mm-hmm. But then he changes sides and goes with Captain America. But before he changes sides, he to show that he's in favor of superheroes registering, he reveals his secret identity to the world. And then uh, Aunt May uh, gets shot as a result of that because people go to his house and kill her. And then uh, he then he realizes that it's actually a bad idea for super secret identity. Mm-hmm. So he, he my gosh he makes a deal with Mephisto in order to uh, rewind into time and bring her back to life. But uh, in the process. All this other weird stuff happens, like Aunt May gets brought back to life, but also uh, Harry Osborn is brought back to life, and his marriage with Mary Jane never happened. And they just used it as an excuse to change a bunch of stuff randomly. So, uh, so I would be surprised they... if something like that happens in the next one. So, but this is basically leading up to that, based on this film, where like Mary Jane forgets about him, him even his nerdy friend Ned, they don't know who he is. And yeah, that's and then of course Aunt right. May yeah. dies, but from Green Goblin, right? So it's yeah, kind that, of that, that same actually, premise. Yeah, that that was actually what I was thinking. Is like, well, in the next movie, is he going to have to make a deal with the devil, like in the comics, to to, to bring back the memories to the other people and bring back Aunt May? Um, but that that arc was not very popular. People were like. Well, Spider-Man just like sold his soul to the devil. That's kind of fucked up, and like he did this all for his own personal convenience. <laughs> it's, it, it, I guess Doctor Strange is more palatable, even though he's still like an occult wizard who's messing with reality, time, and space. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at one point they're talking to a, the criminals, and they're like, "You're in a wizard's dungeon," you know. And it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're hanging out with the great guy there. It's like a wizard with a secret dungeon where he keeps people. Well, I mean, sleep. it's, I mean, Captain Orpheus is, or 
Well, not Captain Orpheus. Orpheus from Venture Brothers is basically Doctor Strange. Venture Brothers, he is a parody of Doctor Strange. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm just thinking, I, I yeah, because they bring in Doc Ock, and then um, it's really first of all, it's really great to see uh, William Dafoe back as a uh, Green Goblin. I'm just really happy to always see William Dafoe in a movie because he's such a good actor. Um. But it was great to see him back. Um, so it seems like the villains that they had was, yeah, it's interesting. So they had, they brought back, um, the dude that played Sandman. And, they, you know, it was, it was the three villains from like basically the, the Tobey Maguire films. But so they basically, they, it's, they bring back the main villains from each of those past films. One of each. So, yeah. you know, like, um, what was it, Tom Holland? I thought it was Andrew Garfield was the other Spider-Man, or am I thinking of... But it was Holland, right? That's the guy who's... Oh, oh my Holland. gosh, you're... So Andrew Garfield was before him, and then before that was Tobey Maguire. Okay, wait. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait, so Andrew Garfield is the Spider-Man now. No. Like, oh. Tom Holland is the Spider-Man now. Okay. Andrew Garfield was, okay, the one before. I, I'm so confused by these names. All right. Yeah, yeah, so Tom Holland is the one who got introduced in Civil War, and then he's in all these movies with home and their titles. Okay, yes. Then, all right. That's what I thought. Amazing in, in their titles. And then right. Tobey Maguire was in those first three that had no adjectives or subtitles. Yeah, it was just Spider-Man. Yeah. I I just really liked how um, Tobey Maguire was like, he's an older Peter Parker. Like, he's got some years on him, and he still acts the same. Like, I was really, really happy to see him in this film. More so than um, Andrew Garfield. And I think yeah, a lot yeah. of people a lot of people were excited to see, like, Tobey Maguire back. Because, like, he, you know, he was, like, you know, the Spider-Man I knew in high school. And, like, I remember having conversations with people, like, yeah, we think Tobey Maguire, you know, at the time, like, the Spider-Man films were amazing to watch. And it was, like, you know, our consensus was, like, you know, Tobey Maguire's the best Spider-Man, or best Peter Parker. And I was good with that, because those are the films I actually really enjoyed. Because I saw, like, Spider-Man 2, like, I think two or three, like, maybe two days apart from each other. And I was, like, the first time was, like, I was out with friends in Chapel Hill, and we went to a theater, and basically after the movie, we were up, like, that entire night at a friend's house doing just whatever. Like, playing iToy on the PlayStation, hanging at a guy's house. And me hopping in the backseat of one of my friend's cars at, like, 10 miles an hour or something while I was rolling down the hill. And I did it without tripping and killing myself. So, yes, those were fun, fun times of high school. With my friends. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, I really enjoyed... I, I think it's the fact that I enjoyed the um, Spider-Man 2 movie, but it was also, like, the night that I saw it and all the stuff I did with my friends. It makes it even more memorable for me. So, like, I have a soft spot for those yeah. two Maguire films. Yeah, I mean, those kind of movies are always going to mean the most to us because those are the ones we saw when we were young. And, uh, yeah. And they, also, they were just uh, unprecedented at that time. They... They hadn't done anything like that before, mm-hmm. and now they've now we're twenty years later, and they've kind of ripped them off for decades now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, 
and, and with the decreasing in quality each time, I feel like, uh, you know, the Garfield movies, they're, they're okay. I like them more than the Holland movies, but they're not as good as the McGuire ones. And, yeah. Uh, the, uh, and, I, and then I, these new ones I don't like very much, really. Uh, uh, I don't like Tom Holland. I mean, we all, we, we as in the people that went and saw Spider-Man 3 with Venom and, and Sandman, like, there was a lot of bad things in that film, but then I also felt the film, the film did a lot of, I guess, good things too. Cause I only saw it once in theaters, and that's probably a film I need to go back and watch again. Yeah, at the time, I mean, I remember everyone in the chat was pretty enthusiastic. You're talking about enthusiastic for the, uh. I certainly um, enjoyed it when I saw it, and I remember it was, for, for the third one in 2007 or whenever it came out. It was 2006, um, I think. It might have been 2007, yeah. I don't know. I was in middle school, and I remember at school people were talking about how cool it was and stuff. But then the, the critics were, were were pretty hard on it. Oh yeah. And over time, over time, it became a just sort of a meme of like emo Peter. I think what people don't get about the Raimi films is you're not supposed to take them totally seriously. I mean, that emo Peter scene is clearly intended as comedy, just like the. But it was so uh, bad. <laughs> it was not. Oh, it was such a cringe thing, but maybe that's part of the Sam Raimi comedy, thing, the chemical, and he's like, people just don't get it. <laughs> I, I think it was just a parody of the trends at the time, uh, you know, because that was that's the way true. people were, were, were dressing uh, yes. when I was in middle school. The tight jeans and the kind of makeup and the black hair, trying to look really uh, edgy. Uh, you know, like a chain bracelet or whatever. Yeah, well, it it was, it went from, like, punk to goth to hipster to whatever the heck's gonna be next. Yeah, so hipster kids are basically goth kids that, that sort of like, the goth kids either grew up or they be, no, they became the hipsters. That's their next stage of evolution. Yeah. I was like, go go de-evolutionize back to goth. We liked you there better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean I just think of the Invader Zim t-shirt yeah <laughs> but uh hot yeah, topic people going to hot topic and yep. thinking that they were really edgy <laughs> yep yep um, and th- back when hot topic looked like uh, the he- the gates to hell they had the actual gates in front of the stores and you go in there and all the all the clerks have like 300 piercings on their face but they were very friendly and uh, you can find like little sample Robotech DVDs in there too from ADV. I remember those. Should have got one. I mean, I, I wouldn't go in there very much, I, but I remember the store uh, at the at the Chandler Fashion Center. I think it's still there. It's well, Suncoast in like the early two thousands because I would buy DVDs DVDs there. I mean VHS. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, Hot Topic. They did the whole like trend to like pop punk like in the like two thousand six. And it was like, yeah, this isn't a cool store anymore. And now it's yeah. just a trendy, like, you know, like, um, Funko hipster, um, anime fan geek. St- it's become an anime fan geek store now. I mean, I, yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten some shirts there in the past here and there, but that's about it. If they have something in there, I want, but it's mostly just like the popular stuff, so. You go in there and there's always the whole, there's a section for Sailor Moon and My Hero Academia now and Harry Potter and Hayao Miyazaki stuff, which is the same DBZ somewhat. 
Um, but the Miyazaki stuff, it's like the same. It's always Spirit Away and yeah. Princess Mononoke and uh, My Neighbor Totoro, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but what, I guess what was controversial about the third film is like they included, uh, you know, multiple villains. This was considered to be like a unpardonable sin that they had Sandman... <laughs> Uh, which they retconned to be like the burglar who shot Peter's uncle, and then yeah, the uh, um, symbiote uh, Venom story, and then the whole issue of Harry becoming the goblin. Uh, that was three oh. villains. This movie has five, and people don't really complain about that kind of thing anymore. Well, now we're so desensitized to having like these Marvel films having a bunch of either like it's it's just over the top and it has to stay that way. So now you've got the the general consensus. I don't even know that was an issue where there was three villains in that film, but they weren't all at the same time. It was like in different arcs. Um, yeah, but I know like yeah. with Harry becoming the Green Goblin, it was well. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen uh, Spider Man Three, so I can't. I think no, they actually all met up at the same place at the, right at the end of the movie. I think, but um, I got to go back and watch that movie. Um. Anyways, but like now it's like you know we got, you know like Mar they, like kind of had to do it that way because they had the the Harry story was continued from two where at the end they show him seeing the uh, closet of his father and the pumpkin mm-hmm. grenades and the glider and all that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the costume so they had to include him and then the studio told them they had to include Venom and then they also wanted to include Sandman I don't know why they wanted to include Sandman. Yeah. But um, they did include Sandman, and I think the special effects of Sandman were were very impressive at the time. Yeah, yeah. And they did link it to Spider-Man's origin to make it uh, more meaningful. So I well, thought. I mean, all, even Venom looked really out. good at the time. I thought. Yes. Yes, for the, the time he did, and I, I kind of prefer that Venom to the Tom Hardy Venom. Uh, I, I, I mean, now it's like everything is a big joke. I mean, there's some humor in the Raimi stuff, but it. it like all, all this movie is just like it's this hokey Marvel style where they can't really take themselves seriously because they have to have like trailer bait lines like let's Scooby do this shit and yeah. you know like you can always <laughs> I hope this scene's in the trailer <laughs> but, uh, yeah um, but, but yeah I mean when you see Venom in this movie it's like he's just arguing with the symbiote and cracking jokes the whole time. Like in that movie, they kind of tried to make Venom a little scarier or whatever by having him like um, capture Gwen Stacy or, or Mary Jane or whoever he captured. And right. That big big web up there that was an impressive special effect at the time. There's like a car in the web hanging down. And I, I mean that that was kind of tacked on at the end that the Venom shows up because they had already kind of resolved the other villain plots, but. I mean, if you're going to do the black costume thing, you have to do Venom, too, because everyone knows that's what that's leading to. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I, I mean, in this movie, they have five villains, and they barely do with characters like Electro and Sandman. They're just kind of there, and they barely said anything. I, I guess for me, for Venom, it was like, with, I, mean, I haven't seen the Tom Hardy films yet. Um, I, I need... I, that's another one I need to just sit down and watch. Um, but I mean, like I know that at the, at, at the end of the film where it was like, he kind of disappeared, but then 
they left like a, a portion of that symbiote like on the bar counter. And I wasn't sure how to really take that in terms of like, okay, so they're just going to leave that open in case they do their own Venom movies and then that's in that universe, which is how Daff explained it. Yes, uh, basically they they put Venom in, in these Tom Hardy movies in his own universe mm-hmm. and they haven't shown Spider-Man in those movies. Mm-hmm. At first they were saying something along the lines of like Tom Holland is Spider-Man in that universe. They haven't said that in a long time and he never shows up in them. He's never mentioned to them. So I don't think that's true anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all just a bunch of corporate bullshit. Uh, basically they did have a, a post credit scene in Venom 2 where they show Venom is teleported to the, the main Marvel universe and he sees that, that video of Jameson revealing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then that was kind of, that was released a few months ago. So that was meant to like tease this movie. Right, and right. Then, and then this movie comes out and Venom isn't in it at all until you're already through the credits. And then he there he is still and it's like the same thing almost as in the other one. And except for like, he leaves a little bit of the symbiote behind as he teleports uh-huh. away. And so, yeah, I think that was Disney attempting to get a symbiote into their universe they can make their own version of Venom or but if they can already secure Hardy to appear in a scene in this movie why can't they just get him to appear in Spider-Man 4 as the yeah I, I, I don't under, yeah I don't understand why they can't just they, they own the rights to Fox now so then it's just like just, just make the Tom Hardy Venom mo- movie or well, Sony or what Sony oh Disney he doesn't own Sony yet but they will because they'll eventually own everything but, yeah, it's a matter of time. So they might as well just—they might as well just like you know what? We'll just hold. We'll leave that there as a teaser, because eventually we will acquire Sony, and then when we do, then we can make we can put um, Tom Hardy in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if they start making their own version of Venom and directly competing with the Sony Venom movies, then Sony would say. Okay, we're just not gonna let you have Spider-Man anymore then, because uh, they they already tried to do that once a couple of years ago when there this movie was in production and it and it came to a halt for a couple months. And yeah, yeah. Everybody was whining about it and they were like, "We need him back in the MCU." And then they they made a deal with Marvel and Sony to uh, somehow you know share the revenue or whatever. Disney wanted like a really large percent of the revenue from this from this release, and Sony wanted a large percent, and so they were. You know, bickering over that, and eventually they they came yeah. to some deal. But uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that deal falls apart before the next movie. Or, uh-huh. But this one has made so much money that they're probably going to want to keep it going. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it, it's like the number three opening, maybe even number two. I think Ty said opening behind Endgame, um, and even above Infinity War by a, a few million. So uh-huh. I mean, it made like two hundred and sixty million. COVID, which is incredible. Like nothing else is even come close to that. Mm-hmm. The only like the number two behind it was Venom Two, which just shows how interested people are in interested in uh, Spider-Man movies and like nothing else. Because like all the other COVID movies have been kind of a a bomb compared to everything that came before. Yeah. I mean, this movie was like I, I went to the local theater, Fat Cats. I've been there a few times now. Yeah. And, uh, at first, it was being uh, you know sold out, and since I, I saw it a couple weeks into the run here on New Year's Day, it was at thirty percent capacity. So it, it has gone down, and there are 
other movies that have come out recently, like The Matrix. But uh, The Matrix is only playing on one screen at Fat Cats, and it's, it's showtimes for like 6% sold out. It's pathetic. Like, no one wants to see that movie. <laughs> and I don't really blame them either, because I saw it on HBO Max, and it wasn't very good. I, I have yet to see it, so I eventually I, I will. I will sit down and watch all these films because I'm just so bad at it. It's like self-aware. It's got all these like weird little comments like, our corporate overlords at Warner Brothers wanted us to make another installment in the Matrix trilogy. They, they literally say something like that. Oh my gosh. And it's just like, Clearly, I mean, when I looked up the production history, clearly a movie that the Wachowski sister, singular, <laughs> yeah, mother, uh, made. One of them refused to be involved, and one of them, I guess, got a fat paycheck. But uh, uh, <laughs> they they were going to make it with another writer or director or something. So the Wachowski just signed on, and they were like, "Okay, we're just gonna like shit all over <laughs> for you and make it like." a meta insult towards you and do this under protest. And like at one point they were even trying to cancel the film. Uh, like during COVID they were like, Oh, it's going to be too hard to do this. Let's just not make this movie anymore. And Warner Bros. is like, no, you're doing this movie or giving it to someone else. And we're going to do it our way in that case. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll go ahead and make it. Yeah. <laughs> but it just like, it sounds like a terrible way to make a movie when all that's going on behind the scenes. And then you see it percolate out into the actual movie itself. <laughs> I can't believe they kept some... But, uh... Um, you know, all, all these movies are just a big corporate clusterfuck behind the scenes. <laughs> I... I mean, Matrix 4 wasn't a film, like, everyone was looking forward to for the past 15 years or so. It just, like, came, seemed to come out of nowhere. I'm like, Keanu's doing well with, um, you know, with John Wick films. Can he just continue doing that? I think that's what he can, wants to continue he, he doing. Not, he should not keep going back to these old roles. I mean, that, that Bill and uh, Ted sequel that came out this year, that thing was terrible. I haven't even awesome. seen that. I probably will never will. Um, wait till they make a point break with, um, oh no, Patrick Swayze died a long time ago. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're just going to make a point break. (laughs) They're going to CGI Patrick Swayze in for point break, too. Yeah, just put a hole down in there. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I guess we got to the point where they're on the bridge and he saves her from Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Uh, So, after that, uh, he discovers that Aunt May has taken in um, uh, the homeless Norman Osborn who's been teleported from another world and now right. someone else is living in his apartment. And at first it seems like Osborn is uh, is in control but over time the goblin takes over and so after uh, Peter saves these uh, villains uh, from being teleported back to, to their world by, by Doctor Strange uh, the goblin uh, turns on him and uh, and he uh, st- he persuades Electro and uh, the, the lizard guy. And, uh, yeah, because Doctor Octopus lizard. already had his his circuit changed, so he was he wasn't corrupt, but he did run away. He kind of like got out of there as soon as like like quick as possible when everything started going down. He like ran up to the roof or something, but uh, yeah, he got out of there, and then the other ones they all. 
uh, you know, for whatever reason, they're persuaded by this crazy guy. I, I thought this was kind of weak because I don't know what they were starting a fight, but, uh, you know, they did. Because I guess they're all crazy evil anyway. But, uh, you know, yeah. like Electro was like 99% powered down. And uh, after, after he had been found, like, out in the uh, wilderness, like, draining power from some electricity lines, and then Spider-Man captures them with the help of Sandman. Yeah. And I think Sandman was going to be, like, his friend. And then Sandman, he doesn't to his enemy after Osborne is like, uh, don't let him do this to you, and then they all just suddenly turn on him. Um, yeah, that kind of brings into question a lot of the um, the, the the moral issue. Where it's like, okay, Doctor Octopus is is cured, he's fine, and then as soon as stuff happens, he's not grateful to Peter. He just runs away. Sandman runs away, and there was no reason, really. I mean, Electro, like, you know, he became like this eager. You know, he's like, oh, I just want all the power and all this other stuff. And, like, you know, Herman Osborn is the only, like, really crazy one that you needed to watch out for. And it was, like, yeah. as soon as he went unhinged, everyone, everyone else followed. Yeah. And and I, I didn't think they did enough with the lizard, either. They didn't even show how he was captured. He was just there in the dungeon when they yeah. captured Octopus. That's true. Who captured him? Was it Spider-Man in between the scenes, or was it Doctor Strange? I thought it was Doctor Strange. Like Doctor Strange was like, "Yeah, guess what? I found rummaging around the sewer recently today." And he just okay. like, because he gave him that thing on the wrist, and he's just like, "Yeah, here's how you cap. You just point, point and click, and they'll show up in these like uh prison cell things." So he had the lizard yeah, guy there was. first, yeah. But they should they should have shown the fight with Doctor Strange and the lizard. Because the lizard didn't really get to do very much in this movie. Yeah. Except that there's this one scene where he's kind of running around in and out of a portal between there and this. And maybe that's what they meant by Scooby Doo the shit. Because it's like one of those cartoony scenes from Scooby Doo where they're running in and out of doors, chasing each other and stuff. But uh, well, he's like running around in the laboratory, smashing. Well, stuff I mean, the, the fat Asian kid Ned, he had he's got like the ring from Doctor Strange, so he's able to open the portals. And then that's how he's able to summon the other two Spider-Mans into the same universe. And then he's trying to close the portal to hold the the box or whatever, and he can't do it. And then the lizard guy finds him. And... Yeah, because they say he can only open... My God. He made a portal in his house. Are we supposed to believe the portal in the house is still there? From t- to this empty alleyway uh, where he found uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? And then the other place where he found Tobey Maguire, his house just filled with portals. He doesn't know how to close. Like I thought that. Was I I thought it was assumed that those were already closed. But how, how did they close if he didn't know how to close the portal? I because this other scene happened afterwards. And he was like, "Oh, I never closed a portal before." The hell know if it. I know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's not. I guess those scenes weren't always meant to be taken seriously because it was all just him with his mother and she's like uh Spider-Man please please get the cup it's up there in the corner of the yeah <laughs> yeah please get the cup whoops for me yeah except for not in English yeah I just have her speak in Cantonese or whatever for a long time oh yeah you have to translate maybe the Chinese audience appreciates this uh this scene <laughs> Assuming this movie even makes it to China, I think Ty said something like they're not getting American movies anymore. 
Really? There are not very many of them because of, uh, you know, there's just, just so many differences between the U.S. and China ever since they unleashed COVID on the world. Well, yeah. I mean, South Park kind of made commentary on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now we've got, like, withdrawing diplomatic support from the uh, Olympics and all the. I mean, I don't even know why the Chinese are, are are allowed to have the Olympics after what they've done, but... Yeah, it's... it's I don't know. But, uh, anyway, after... after um, yeah, after that, they... Uh, Aunt May dies, and then they uh, they bring in the other... Um, the other Spider-Man in that scene with the kitchen, and then um, th- those Spider-Men have to track down Peter and... Uh, tell him about how um, in Andrew Garfield's world uh, he uh, couldn't save Gwen and she died and how he knows what Peter's going through and Toby has to tell him about how uh, Uncle Ben died and how Norman Os- uh, Osborne died and Harry Osborne died and all the things he's been through Dr. Octopus died even though they're still in this movie um, so yeah he's got his own problems and then uh, I guess Tom Holland feels better now, knowing that there's other Spider-Man who've had the same issues he has. Mm-hmm. And uh, they tell him that with great power comes great responsibility, because Uncle Ben told them that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter had to be told that by Aunt May, because apparently there never was a uh, Uncle Ben in this version. Yeah. She's always portrayed as a single, or with uh, that happy Hogan guy, but he broke up with her at the start of the movie. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's a fling, and he's just like, no. Yeah, he's all depressed, and uh-huh. uh, and and somehow he still knows her and sees Spider-Man at the gravestone at the end, but he doesn't know her. I mean, he doesn't know Peter. He's like, pleased to meet you for the first time, but he knows Peter's aunt, and it's it's just, I, I don't know how they work out. Uh, all unless there, stuff. yeah, it's unless there fun. was like, there was he never. I mean. Maybe like she had, I don't know, like because it's if they're related, obviously, like how could she forget? But how could she like forget like that's her, you're like you know her son-in-law or whatever. And but yeah. then again, if you, everyone forgot Peter, then that would mean I see. I don't know if that counts. I think it, I don't think it counts. Like because if she was still alive, then she wouldn't know who he is. But since she's dead. Oh my gosh! I, I, <laughs> it's like if she's dead, yeah. then it's like he's still related to her. But then maybe he doesn't know. Bec- maybe it's like if he was related to him, to Peter, then maybe he would. I, I don't know. But th- no one's supposed to know who Peter is. That's that was the original wish. So that yeah. would include anyone related to him. Well, the thing is, he says that he knows her through Spider Man when when Peter asks him. And uh, and then Peter says, "Yeah, me too," or something like that. And, and it's just like, "Oh, okay." So he he knows that this is like Spider-Man's aunt, but he doesn't know Peter is Spider-Man, even though Peter says that he knew her in conjunction with Spider-Man. It's just like it's just a big mess. He, he, you're you're thinking too hard into it. <laughs> why he doesn't just tell them all again that he's Spider-Man and then just solve the problem? He never would have had to change the wish to begin with. He could have just told them all after everyone's memory was wiped. Just tell them all, oh yeah, by the way, I'm Spider-Man. Just like he did like a few months earlier in the previous... 
freaking internet. It's just it's just stupid. I mean, the whole plot is stupid. I don't know what else to say. Okay, <laughs> what he what he could have find wife thing. Okay, so but like, what if they went to like a tattoo parlor, and they they tattooed the people that he wants them to remember. He tattoo you tattoo his face on their skin, so then to know what he looks like. So when he meets them, then like it's there. But then again, I don't know if the spell would would like cancel that out because it's it seems like it's more of a mental thing. But like you don't just get like if you. I don't know. Like, if you threw out photos, like if like it seems like the photos and stuff, evidence of what he really looks like in person is still there. I think it's just a matter of the people that have a mental and emotional connection with him have forgotten that, and that's got to be it. But like, if you tattoo a random dude's like you know like Peter Parker's like face on like MJ's like hand or her arm or her back. And he just says, and he goes to meet her, and he says, I know what's on the back of you. That's my face. And then obviously there'd be a connection there that that's important that why, that there's an answer there as to like, why is Peter Parker, this guy's face on the back of my back? Unless it was there for a reason. And then then problem solved. Yeah, that would have been funny if Peter had walked up to her in the shop and been like, Hey girl, take off your pants. I I I know that there's a tramp stamp of me on your on your back. <laughs> well, I meant like upper back. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking upper back, like you know, shoulder blade or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't get. Yeah, they didn't think this through. Well, I mean, um, if Peter didn't have but, to go to Doctor Strange. Because he's like, oh, my life is horrible. Everyone needs to forget me. And Doctor Strange is like, you should have just went to the darn, you know, you're doing this over a rejection letter from MIT. Go fix that crap. I'm not your dad. Yeah, and also you have to keep in mind that, that there's no reason why Peter should be so hung up over college anyway. I mean, this guy is an Avenger in this time. Well, he, he tells the other Spider-Men that they're not impressed because they don't know what the Avengers are. But Well, okay, but in, in a sense, it's like... It goes beyond college for him because, you know, he's got bricks at his window. He feels like he's not safe as Peter Parker, let alone Spider-Man. So then it's kind of like, now that everyone knows his identity, then it's better for everyone to forget, except for the people that already know, which are the people that really care about him. Which is like, he didn't think it through, and then he started adding these stipulations to the spell, and that caused it to be unstable, therefore we have a plot device. But, but what he should have done, though, is, I mean, he's he's with, connected with the Avengers. He could have just told Happy, hey, I, I want to move my, all my friends onto the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier where you can keep them safe until this all blows over, and I'll, uh, I'll get a new identity, and I'll change my name and uh, people and my face to plastic surgery, and then we can move on. That's a better idea, yeah. Like Wait, there's still helicarriers in this in this timeline for Avengers. I thought they all blew up. Oh, they probably built new ones. I don't know. <laughs> You're just assuming. Well, I mean, Shield doesn't exist anymore, so they wouldn't have the helicarriers. Okay. But you're just assuming there's got to be a couple, like maybe a few spare ones out there. Well, some secure Avengers facility or something. You know, I'm, I'm sure that something like that has been rebuilt in the last five years since the snap and all that. Mm-hmm. There's something has replaced Shield. I think there's an organization in the comics called Sword that takes over for Shield at one point. Oh, like when Nor- when Norman Osborn like becomes president or something, and like, 
takes over the Avengers, one of these weird arcs that they did. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, they, they would have had some way to do it, you know, with all the technology of Iron Man and everything that Peter has at his disposal. He, he could have, like, done some sort of, like, um, holographic projection over his friends or something to make them look different. Or, you know, I'm sure there's about a million things that he could have done other than change time with a spell that mm-hmm. screws everything up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that, then you wouldn't have the movie, and then you wouldn't have the, the crossover, you know. And I don't think it would have done as well if people who are big fans of the uh, first two Spider-Men were not uh, here to see this one. You know, a lot of people probably don't like Tom Holland. They don't like that he sounds like a prepubescent child, and that uh, you know he's such a nervous wreck and whiner and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of don't like that about him. I mean, uh, it's it's like they're hung up on this concept of. Uh, a Spider-Man that never really even existed, but this concept that people have of the early Spider-Man, the true Spider-Man, where he was in high school. Well, I mean, even in the early comics, once he gets bitten by the radioactive spider, he's not like that anymore. He gets more self-assurance, and he gets more of a sense of self-worth. He is not, like, insecure and trying to get the approval of Iron Man and all that. I mean, he's a loner. He never tries to join the Avengers or anything. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Well, which, which is why, he well, I mean, that's that's like Tobey Maguire because he went to the, it was the whole radioactive thing, and then Andrew Garfield is the one that has like tech that actually does the web thing, and same with um, Tom Holland. Yeah. So really, Tobey so, Maguire is the real cinematic OG Spider-Man. In that yes, sense, the way they did it, the way they did the first Spider-Man movie is just perfect. Because yes, you do have the first scenes where Tobey is being bullied. And, the, and he has to chase after the boss, and all the other kids are making fun of him and stuff, and that is straight out of Amazing Fantasy 15, the first mm-hmm. appearance where Spider-Man is a total dweeb, mm-hmm. and uh, and everyone else might makes fun of him and stuff. And it is still the case that Flash Thompson makes fun of him throughout his high school years and stuff, but only the first 30 issues of Spider-Man are set in high school. And then, uh, and then uh, John Romita comes o- over and takes over the art, and, it, and Peter goes to college, and at that point, uh, there's a total change where Peter is like a stud, and he's like, uh, because Romita was a drawer of romance comics first, so he mm-hmm. knows how to draw beautiful women. So you get the and beautiful men. <laughs> I was that gonna was say more masculine, okay. and uh, Mary Jane is introduced, and there's that famous drawing of her where Peter's been avoiding her because Aunt May's been trying to set him up with a date with her. And then he finally sees her, and then and, uh, she's in the, the doorway, and she's a face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. And that's like the famous introduction of Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And so all through the Romita years and on, all through the 70s, Peter is, uh, you know, the swinging bachelor who's like so irresistible that even after Betty Brant marries Ned Leeds, she has to come back to America and have an affair with Peter. And all the, uh, the, the women at... Peter's college want to sleep with them and everything, <laughs> you know. Like Peter is not this insecure little uh, teenage nerd forever, and the, and that's the way Tom Holland has been portraying him for like five or six years since Civil War came out. And you know, I just thought it was refreshing to see people who actually know how to portray Spider-Man as like an adult, like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought. You know, them having their conversation where it was just those two in the Empire State Building, or not the Empire State Building, the uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. 
you know, and they were talking about uh, all the problems they had on their worlds and what their lives turned out like afterwards. I mean, to me, that was really the highlight of the movie, anything more than uh, Ned Leeds in name only, MJ in name only, Spider-Man in name only, uh-huh. uh, these characters. I, I don't care much about them because they're not in any way resembling the characters that I grew up with on the 90s Fox Kids show or in the, the classic Stanley comics or anything like that. Um, but but I thought I always thought Toby Maguire, he just did a great job in those first three movies of uh, of really getting down what, what Peter Parker was about. And yeah, they made some little changes, like the web fluid coming out of his arm and stuff. But I mean, that didn't strain that weird at the time because they had done stuff like that before, like Wolverine's. That was something they were doing at the comics and that, at that point. It's not that much of a change for it to come out of the hand rather than coming out of the little, the little nozzle or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is kind of weird because they they were selling the, the the nozzle with the web fluid as like a toy at the time the movie came out, even though Peter just didn't use one in the movie. Um, but you know, you have to have some toy. You can't actually augment your hand to make it shoot. Web Wait, are, we, are we talking about the McGuire films or the uh, the Garfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember those. Yeah. I'm sure they made them for the Garfield movies too. I mean, that's kind of like a go-to Spider-Man product. Yeah. In the same way that every well, time there's a Hulk movie, they well, with the uh, with the Tobey Maguire ones, it was like silly string that that shot out of your arm. It was like a little plastic tab that your two fingers can hit, and then silly string pops out of it. Yeah, I'm sure parents love that getting all that string everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Be Spider-Man outside. It's going to rain tomorrow, so it'll wash it all away. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I think did we hit everything on this film? I thought we did. Uh, pretty much. I mean, I think I I kind of got to the part where they're at the the Statue of Liberty. Then there's a big yeah. fight scene there, and yeah. all, all the all the villains are there. There's much CGI mayhem. Eventually, they're all cured and defeated and sent back to their own worlds. Yeah, uh, I don't understand why them being cured and then sent back to right before the moment of their deaths would make them less likely to die. That's I, not explained I, at all. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're changed, maybe they still live in their in their own universes. There's that possibility. But, well, they would have to be sent to earlier in the timeline than when they were plucked out to begin with, because they they all describe how that they were fighting Spider-Man and how they were just on the verge of beating him, and then they disappeared. And, and well, so that to me, it would imply they were going to be sent back to when they were removed from, or else there'd be a temporal paradox from there being two of them. But okay, but if you send, but like with all that, everything that transpired in that mm-hmm. um, in this movie, and you send and you send what the Spider-Man, you know, um, Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire knew and what they went through in that universe, with that knowledge, plus the villains going back to that same time where they're fighting Spider-Man, they should be able to stop their fight, realize that they're not at odds with each other anymore, and then move on. It, it, that's that's kind of a way I take it, at least. I, I guess that's true. That must have been what they were implying. But the way yeah. I thought of it was like, okay, now the goblin is back there, and he's in his right mind, but the glider is still flying at him. And so he's good, but he dies anyway. <laughs> that's like the tragic ending I had in mind that would be <laughs> happening. But, uh, you know, maybe it's not quite that instant before his death. It would have been like mm-hmm. a few moments before the glider started flying at him. Uh, you know, when he was uh, about to defeat Peter, uh, but had, yeah. Yeah, had the tur- cables turned on him. And, and now he just says, oh, Peter, sorry, I changed my mind. Uh, 
so, sorry about all that. Well, just uh, let bygones be die bygones, right? You're just like, oh, okay, so sure, we'll stop fighting and then he doesn't die. I mean, maybe that could happen. But, uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, in the final climactic confrontation with uh, the Green Goblin, right before he dies, it's always and that Peter wants to kill him anyway. And the only way he doesn't kill him is because he ends up killing himself with his own device. Like, even in the, uh, even in the 70s, uh, the Goblin is just called Gwen Stacy, and it was originally supposed to be Aunt May. But, uh, you know, I guess Stanley vetoed that, and Stanley didn't want them to kill Gwen either, but uh, he was out of town, so they did it anyway. <laughs> the, the writer Good, the boss is, the boss is gone. We can so write this story however we want to. Yeah, and so they killed her off, and, and when Stan came back, he was furious, and he demanded that they bring her back. And so they brought her back as a clone. <laughs> but uh, they, they, Just uh, as good. They, they were originally... They were originally going to kill Aunt May, and I guess they finally did it in this one. Um, she's only died in the comics a couple times, and it, it was a fake-out, like uh, Mysterio uh, had her kidnapped and pretended she was dead. Right. And then another time, Green Goblin uh, kidnapped her, and he put an imposter in her place and, and had that person die instead. You know, they've done various fake-out deaths, but this is the first time she's really died, I guess, other than when Peter made the deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, and I thought it would be reversed at the end, but it wasn't, so that'll be in the next movie, I'm sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, so they, um, where was I going with this? Uh, the Green Goblin, yeah. So Peter, after Gwen dies, uh, he, he wants to kill the Goblin because uh, he was in love with Gwen, and they've been... Of course, it ...and being married. Uh, and so he wants revenge for Gwen, and, uh, he, and he's like, Goblin, I'll kill you! And, and even in the cartoon, he he's very much yelling at him and threatening him in the way that the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, he could be really menacing. Goblin, I'll chase you to the ends of the earth. And, you know, this really melodramatic acting that they did. <laughs> and, uh, and and then Goblin gets knocked into a portal in the cartoon because they can show him die. But, uh, right. you know, that, it's always implied that Peter was going to kill the guy anyway. So I would have thought that in the movie he probably would have been as well. But... But maybe because in Spider-Man One, the Goblin doesn't kill anyone that's dear to Peter. I guess Mary Jane survives the movie. Um, Aunt May survives the movie, so maybe Peter would have let him go. I don't know. Um, I guess Tobey Maguire is not uh, edgy enough to just go ahead and murder a villain. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. And then Doctor Octopus. Uh, I think he falls into the into the river at, at the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were, they're one. on that building out like in the middle of the, of the river or whatever. That's something they do a lot in comic books is they'll have Dr. Octopus or some other villain fall into the river and he'll, he, Spider-Man will say there's no way someone could survive a fall from this height. And even though he's seen dozens of times people fall from the, the same height and survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never bothers to go in and search for them, or if he does search, he he can't find them. Um, <laughs> uh, Gives know, it a once over. Oh no, good enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been reading all the seventies Spider-Man's, and this happens with the Kingpin. It happens with the Black Cat within the span of like five issues or something. And each time he's like, yeah, "No one could have survived a fall into the East River," and then that character's back within a few issues. And <laughs> And he just never learns to to <laughs> to search and and not just count on someone dying. But uh, so I could easily see Doc Ock of actually having survived that fall in that in that movie, even without his arms. Um, 
So even if he could sent back to right as he's fallen, he probably would have lived. But um, and then Sandman, I don't even remember if Sandman dies in Spider-Man Three. Does he get turned into glass or something? <sighs> I thought he lived. I don't. I don't know, man. That's that's been like many years, fifteen years since I saw that film. Yeah, I think he probably lives. I think that in that one, the one who dies is um, Venom. Harry. Well, yeah, maybe Venom too. Well, Harry for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Harry because they mentioned that in this movie. Um, and then the lizard. Yeah, the lizard. Well, again, Garfield mentions that he cured him before, so that must have been what happened at the end of Amazing Spider-Man. As he just mm-hmm. cures the lizard. Um, Electro. I don't remember if he dies. I kind of think he gets cured as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not totally sure. They do show him fighting the rhino at the very end of mm-hmm, Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2. And that is briefly mentioned uh, because uh, when the two P- Spider-Men are talking, he mentions, uh, Garfield mentions to McGuire, uh, oh yeah, we uh, the, the coolest guy I ever fought was this guy, uh, this Russian guy in a, a super soldier costume calling himself the rhino or something like that. And that was only like yeah. the very end of that movie. Yeah, so, that was, and uh, that would have been like a pretty cool like if they kept that going. I was like, okay, well, are we going to get that in the next movie? But then like, you know, that never happened. Then we got uh, Tom Holland as Spider Man, and then that went towards the MCU universe. Yeah. So if they were going to do this, I mean, this was the whole thing is these these villains are kind of the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which is the, the Spider-Man villain team that first appeared in the first annual issue, which was the first like really long story. I think it was 40 pages or something um, by Lee and Ditko. And uh, it had all the main villains up to that point. So I think the original lineup was Dr. Octopus, the Vulture, uh, Electro, uh, the Green Goblin, the Sandman, and... Um, Maybe the chameleon, I don't know, but um, they they had uh, you know the main the main villains at the time, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they I guess they it's it's weird they didn't use any of the villains from the uh, the Tom Holland movies in, in this. Uh, they they could have used the vulture because he's one of the main Spider mm-hmm. two different Spider Man actors uh, movies. He was going to be in uh, Spider Man Four with McGuire, but tragically that got canceled. Um, you know, I would have preferred if they never rebooted it. I don't dislike the Garfield movies, but you know, I thought it would have been cool to see what they had planned for Spider-Man Four and whatever. There was some conflict between Sony and Raimi or something. I think Raimi ended up making Drag Me to Hell instead, which is kind of an okay horror movie, but you know, not as cool as Spider-Man Four would have been. But uh, yeah, you know, I remember seeing it on Sci-Fi Channel at one point, and I thought it was okay, but. Uh, um, yeah, that, so instead they used they used villains from Amazing Spider-Man. They used um, Lizard and uh, Electro, but Electro is kind of different in this. Like, it almost didn't seem like the same guy. He was much more confident, and he wasn't nerdy guy making jokes and stuff. Like, he yeah, was yeah. Uh, and I remember Ty was, but uh, it might not be the same version of the character or something. I guess that was what was leaked out ahead of time. It's like, oh, he's going to be acting differently. Don't worry. It's not going to be cheesy or anything. And I guess the in story, the explanation is like the electricity made him power mad or something. Mm. But, but uh, you know, they, they all get defeated. And then uh, the goblin, uh, you know, Tom Holland is about to kill him. Because like I said, Spider-Man always wants to kill the goblin at this point. 
And uh, and then the other Spider-Man have to show up and stop him from beating the Goblin to death with his own glider. Right. And and then uh, and then after he saves him, you know, we get the scene where uh, Tom Holland then gets stabbed in the back. And so I thought, well, are they going to kill off Tom Holland now? Not Tom Holland. Uh, Tobey Maguire gets stabbed in the back. And I was thinking, are they going to kill him off now? Is he his final go around here? Like he only agreed to it on the condition his character died, like a like a Logan kind of thing, where it's like this is my last run of the character. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he does live, which I guess opens the door for them to do like continuations of him and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be kind of weird if they had multiple Spider-Man series playing it at, at the same time, but they all make so much money. They could have different directors doing it and do it all simultaneously. Put out multiple Spider-Mans a year or something. It'd make yeah. it'd make a billions of dollars if they did that, and they they must know the demand is there after this movie because this movie was so successful, and it wouldn't have been if not for all those other old characters coming back. I mean, we might very well see a Spider-Man four come out or an Amazing Spider-Man three, or you know, right? People were really hyped about Tobey Maguire returning. That's like the highlight of the movie. Yes. Like I remember, like some people in the in the theater cheering, like when we saw Tobey Maguire, probably including myself. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Great reactions. Uh, the, the part where Spider Man is talking with Ned Leeds about his uh, his best friend dying in his arms. There was some guy snickering during this scene. What? <laughs> like a, a a few over. Tobey Maguire's like. Yeah, I had a best friend, but then he became evil. And then this guy starts cracking up, and then <laughs> and then he's like, and then uh, he died in our battle, and it was the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And this guy's like laughing over there, and I'm like, this isn't really a, it's supposed to be a funny scene. <laughs> what a psychopath! <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there's like awkward timing though in a in a Marvel movie, I think people are just conditioned to laugh, even if it's not funny. Like people That's were laughing true. during some of these other lines that are that were really not funny. Like, let's Scooby Doo. Some of these other corny lines that were in there, they, they just kind of laugh because they're conditioned to laugh if there's an awkward pause because that's what they always do in trailers. There's like an mm. awkward pause and then someone says like a one-liner. Maybe this guy thought there was going to be like a one-liner, like "Just kidding, I fooled you. He didn't really die." Or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he was expecting or what he was going for with this, but. It just felt weird. But, uh, you know, as far as the theater experiences, I should mention that the $2 Targ Theater has returned in uh, Tempe, the Pollock Cinemas. Nice. They've been, reno- they've been renovated a million dollars that this real estate type uh, rebuilding his theater in the year and nine months that it was closed. And uh, now he has some second-run movies back in there uh, at the Discount Theater they're playing uh, Jungle Cruise, which I saw Josh was watching. You watched that too, didn't you? Um, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. No, I did see Jungle Cruise back in the summer. I thought I gave my opinions on it, which I wasn't kind of like, uh, I, I I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. Well, I mean, like, it was a good movie. It was fun, but then I was yeah, like... Yeah, I remember you mentioning it. Yeah, I was just kind of like, man, this is the most, like, pro-feminist adventure film or something so I was like whatever it's Disney yeah (laughs) 
Um, so that's basically the end of the movie. After after he gets stabbed in the back, I, I think it's implied he recovered, but I had to go to the bathroom at this point again. So I, gotcha. I don't really know what happened. I think the sky turned purple, and then when I came back, everybody had forgotten who Spider-Man was, so I'm not really sure what happened in between there. Uh, I assume what happened is Doctor Strange made a wish and reversed everything or something like that. Because hmm. at the point I came back in, he was talking to MJ, and like she didn't remember who he was, basically. Yeah, that was that was in the cafe at the end. He had this whole speech. He was gonna like try to like get her to remember, and then he realizes this just kind of like for naught, and um, just kind of lets just kind of lets things go the way they are. Because I think he was going to try to fix it, and he was just like, "I feel like this is just a waste of time." And if if she if it, she can naturally like fall in love with me again, that, then I know that it's probably the real thing. So it would be the way I I took it. Yeah. Well, one of the weird things about removing her uh, knowledge that he's Spider Man is that she kind of figures it out on her own usually when she finds out he's Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was even applied in Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Before, she, before he admitted it to her. Uh, so you have to remove all her memories of Peter in order for her to fully forget that he's Spider-Man or else she would still have the hints there where she could maybe put it together again. Um, so I guess that's why she doesn't know him at all now. Um, oh, and, so- and it must be the same for the others too. Oh, okay, so Daft wrote in the Slack chat. I think the stuff he wanted to talk about because he's driving. So um, I, I can read these out. Um, he said, "Number one, my roommate brought or bought tickets tickets day of because he didn't think Toby and Garfield were going to show up, as if there weren't a zillion leaks." Um, number two, also claims No Way Home is a was way better than Spider Verse, which I disagree on. Too much nostalgia goggles for him to see, see in the old Spideys. I like No Way Home, but it didn't blow me away. Spider-Verse did. I I think I've seen part of Spider-Verse, and like I said, part of it. So that's the the Miles Morales one. And that it's one I'm no just... different than this. It's just another cartoony crossover. Yeah, I, I only saw half of it like two years ago, and I'm like, I don't I don't really care to see the rest. I don't know. All right, so three. I'm stunned they made the film it's work. Okay, with all... but it's overrated. Okay, uh, number three. I'm stunned they made the film work with all the elements it had and have seemingly no flaws. Which I, which yeah, I kind of have to say I have to agree to that. Um, for the teaser for Doctor Strange at the end. Oh yeah, we got to talk about this. Maybe less interested in the film. Uh, since it's been telegraphed that Scarlet Witch was showing up and Evil Doc Strange is less impressive to me for reasons I won't say. Yeah, so they what had... mysterious reasons? Uh, he, said, he says, just, I don't know if mysterious, it just says for impressive to me for reasons I won't say. But, I'm wondering why he doesn't say, but whatever. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, there was that whole thing where it's leading up to that, where like, talking about multi-dimensional multiverses and there's an evil Doctor Strange, which seems like if there's an evil version of him because of all the stuff that he does is the opposite is what I imagine. It seemed pretty cool. I mean, because I'm glad I stayed towards the end to see that. 
Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. That was probably the best post-credit scene they've ever done. Usually it's just some stupid gag, like them eating shawarma in the event. Yeah, it's a lead into the next Doctor Strange film, which looks pretty good. I haven't even seen the first one, or the last one. There was a last yeah, one, right? Only, there's only one Doctor Strange movie, unless oh. you have one from the 70s. Uh, okay, well that's that's the one I meant with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, right. I have I haven't seen that first one yet. So yeah. I guess the Scarlet Witch is going to help him on finding different multiple dimensions or whatever the heck. So I don't know. Um, right, he's got a couple yeah. more points. He's got a couple more points. I thought this film did a masterclass in restacking the deck. If Sony and Disney can't come up with it to a deal to continue in the in- MCU. Um. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, six, I wouldn't mind seeing Holland Spidey continued in the NC, MCU and have Garfield Spidey continue for Sony concurrently. Why don't we just bring Tobey Maguire back? Anyway, probably that's probably long too far forgotten. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's like I was saying, they might do multiple Spider-Men with different ones. I don't know if they would bother with Garfield. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Tobey Maguire isn't too old to do Spider-Man again. I, I'd go out and see that film. So I don't know if he's really too old. I mean, Indiana Jones—they're still doing the How old Harrison Ford? Like they just dragged these guys out forever. Yeah, well, he's a he's a broken, beaten horse at this point. Um, yeah. All right, and then seven is Morbius looks like shit, and I hope Jared Leto gets perma canceled before it comes out. Oh, shoot, who was okay. more? Who was Morbius? I I I feel like I should know okay. this. Uh, well, he's uh, Morbius, the living vampire. He's uh, getting his own movie from uh, Sony as part oh. of their Spider-Man villains universe. It's supposed to be the same universe as Venom, I believe. Oh, um, he was in the '90s cartoon. He's that guy that's with the white skin and the fang. Yeah, now I remember that was the trailer in the very beginning, though. Okay, now I had to think about that movie because I was I looked at that and I was like, meh, like I don't care. They didn't do any trailers at Fat Cats. I guess they want to squeeze in as many showings per day. But I was getting in there, and it was like the tail end of those like pre-trailer commercials. It was like a car commercial. Yeah. Or soda commercial or whatever. And uh, and then the lights went out, and immediately they start playing uh, the movie before I've even made my way to my seat. And I'm like, wow. And I can't see where my numbered seat is. It, they went right right into the movie with no trailers. I couldn't believe that, but uh, it was—I guess it was nice in a way because I don't like having to sit there for twenty minutes through all these trailers for movies yeah, I don't want to see. Yeah, it, it's like twenty or thirty minutes for trailers. So, like you know, if a movie starts at seven thirty, which ours started later uh, for some reason, maybe there was a delay in the projection. I don't know, but it's like you can show up at seven fifty and it'll be, you'll get there right when the movie starts. Usually twenty minutes of trailers because the trailer is about three to four minutes long. Depending. Yeah, the problem is, it's like, I wish they would just tell you when the movie starts instead of telling you when the trailers start, because you don't know how many trailers they're going to play. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind when they had all these movies uh, available the same day online. I know TY has been complaining about that, but it's you go to the movie theater and you pay as much to see this movie as you'd pay in a whole month for a, a streaming service. Yeah, that's and you can watch, no, that's true. Yeah, and you can watch the 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 movie on you know I I watched the Matrix on HBO Max, and 
you know, I didn't have to, you know, pay for like overpriced popcorn or anything, and uh, all the stuff you you do when you go to a theater and they don't let you bring overpriced water, food. overpriced everything, yeah. yeah. But I have to say, in praise of Fat Cats, though, they have a, like a variety of stuff on their menu, and so I got like grilled cheese and fries instead of like popcorn. Oh, so, nice! Like the fiber of the popcorn is just well, like, too much on my, uh, on my uh, with my prawns. So yeah. I got something else instead, and then it worked out. Oh yeah, how how's it go with your um you crapping blood still? Has that stopped? Has it gotten better? Well, uh, after I went to the doctor, I got antibiotics, and uh, it hasn't been with blood. It's just like using pus from an abscess. And uh, it's Jeez. not as bad, but uh, you know it is still oozing, even though I've just run the course of the antibiotics on New Year's Eve. But um, it, 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 it it's slowed down enough that I thought, okay, I can go to the theater, and it probably is not going to ooze all over the seat. And it, and it didn't. I got lucky. Like I didn't really ooze much there. So uh, you your know, car it, is it, another it story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was just feeling good that morning, but then it's kind of started oozing more again since because I don't have another round of antibiotics. Oh, man. Yeah, because I remember you, like, I was wanting to get you to record a couple weeks ago, and you're like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm shitting blood. No, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to get around to watching the Bebop thing. It's just, I'm kind of afraid they're going to ruin it, and I don't want to, like, ruin the original series for me, but... Uh, it's... I mean, did you like it? you think it's worth it? I'm gonna say yes. Um, I, I yeah, I, okay. I just was trying to get you into watching that so we can record it because I had a lot to say about it. But then I just did like a YouTube video for like ten minutes of me driving through Atlanta traffic in the middle of a rainstorm on a Saturday afternoon um, up there for a, a funeral. I didn't so see this video. Oh, you haven't yeah, seen the video? Talked about Spike and. Oh no, gosh. I saw the video, and it was with Spike and Vicious. They're involved in it a lot, right? Like, uh, they go into their past war and stuff like yes, that. Yes, yeah. So it, it it seems like it's more of, like, a, like a video fanfic or a fan film. But, like, it answers a lot of stuff, but it's kind of, like, takes its own liberties to it. So there's a lot more Julia and, and Vicious in it and kind of what Vicious is doing behind the scenes. It. I mean, like, okay, so, I mean, T.Y. explained it best. Like, you don't, if you, you know, if you don't watch the live-action film, you're not missing anything from Bebop. But I think if, like, if you're a fan of Bebop, you really like it, it is something to check out just to get a different perspective because there's some things that they did that I was impressed with that I was like, huh, that's actually a very interesting uh, perspective that, you know, they want to retell the uh, the Spike Vicious and Julia narrative and, um, I mean, even in my video, I was just like, you know, like I was kind of spiteful on how they like wanted to end it off on like such a sour note where, um, I don't want to, I, I kind of spoiled it. I mean, if you saw my video, I kind of spoiled it. I think I already know that Ed shows up at the end. Okay. Yeah. So like, Ju- yeah, Julia is like the new leader of the syndicate and takes over Vicious's position kind of out of nowhere. But some people have speculated, like, she's been in such an abusive relationship where it's, like, here's her chance to, like, you know, basically take power for herself and get her own kind of revenge. And that's sort of been building up into her, even though it came out of, like, left field. And that was a sour part of me, but it does make for an interesting, like, if they, if they don't cancel the series 
and they bring back a Too season late. two, would would Vicious and Spike team up against Julia? Now that is something I would like to see. <laughs> that would be just because it's, it's interesting. It's hard for me to imagine her as uh as a villain, really. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I know, she, she, I know that she was involved in the syndicate and in Spike's past, but they they don't really show that part of their life all that much to show her as some cold blooded killer, you know. Yeah. She's portrayed as sort of like a, I guess what you'd call like a film noir, film, uh-huh. uh, you know, Betty, whatever the phrase is, femme fatale, you know. Femme fatale, like, yeah. She, she's like kind of the girl from his past that he can't get away from, and uh, you know he's always going to be drawn to her. Mm-hmm. And then when they reunite, it's romantic, and uh, he has to protect her, but he fails. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't really see the real folk lose going in a way where, you know, instead of her dying, she becomes crime boss. That's just such change. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, but, that that was I the mean, thing where like it didn't make sense. Problem. But then like the more I thought about it, and the more I was reading from other people and their perspective, I was like, well, I, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like I I like to see how this would go because it's already. It's already gone through its own direction and it's built its own universe on what it wants to do. So it's it's like you might as well just see it through. You might as well see like how this is going to go through. You're not I mean it's just kind of out of curiosity like I like to see where this is where this is going to go. And granted they did a lot of really cool stuff in there and I felt that the chemistry between especially the chemistry between the actor for uh, Spike and Jet was fantastic. Um and Faye wound up being kind of an actually like, she was still kind of annoying, but still also sort of a cool character at the same time. Even though they like wanted to make her a lesbian for some reason, which made no sense because they never yeah, the, the anime never identified like, her as a lesbian. I mean, that was stupid. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like if it's on Netflix, you know, it's gonna involve like random gay stuff appearing out of nowhere all the time. Well, I mean, I figured they're going to have Ren as, like, the only gay dude who's, like, basically helping run a bar. And Ren was, like, a minor character in two episodes, and he has a a backstory as to why he's a transgender. Not of his choice, but through government experimentation. And in this one, he's just a guy that wants to be trans and also can handle weapons and be a badass trans person, which is such PC, you know, B-freaking-S. But then it's like, okay, fine. They want to. I mean, like, it doesn't affect me that that's how they want to make Ren because I couldn't care less about Ren. He was just in the anime for a couple episodes. But you know, at least with that character, you're able to like, sort of empathize with like his situation on like why he is what he is, and it's against his will. Whereas this one, it's like, okay, we got to meet the quota to have support of the trans community to sell this show. So we're going to, you know, we are, but the thing is he's already established like gay guy or trans character. So they can kind of go off of that, which is like, you know, whatever. But then like, you know, they turn around and make Faye into change her sexual orientation, even though she, granted the defense would be that she's never been established. She never had a guy. I mean, she always was seductive to guys, but that was for her own gain. She never really had a relationship. Well, actually, she did, sort of, for the guy that kind of got her out of the cryosleep sleep and then knocked his dad onto her. Or maybe she became gay and ever since she woke up. Who freaking knows? But it, it, it's really stupid. And 
Like that was sort of that's just sort of like kind of like overstepping the boundaries. But like you know what, this is their universe and how they want to tell this story. Then okay, whatever. But that's like you know not the not the thing that totally soured it for me. Um, yeah, uh, the way they portrayed Ren in the original, it's interesting because they they um, they still can't even show that scene on cut where they reveal Ren's gender on Adult Swim. Yeah, he's in the shower. To this day, yeah, yeah, he's in the shower. And then Faye, you know, she sees and she's like, she sees the other breasts and she's like, are you a man or are you a woman? What are you? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of portrayed as, you know, something outside of, uh, you know, strict hetero traditional gender norms mm-hmm. is, is portrayed as just totally shocking, mm-hmm. even though, uh, you know, th- there is a concept of, you know, this planet has lots of like transvestites on it or whatever, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, still, it was portrayed as being something like, um, you know, like really unexpected, and uh, and then you find out that his past that, uh, you know, he he was in the war and he uh, had been like chemicals on him or whatever it was, and and then you have the the death scene where he has to go back to Venus, which is kind of moving and all this. Mm-hmm. He knows he's not going to survive, mm-hmm. but. Um, he can die seeing the other planet and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I can't really imagine some of these scenes being improved on the way they were handled in live action with modern American sensibilities. Uh, you're you're going to have, you're going to have the inability to be artistic about it. It's just going to be political correctness because you can't portray that sort of thing as being tragic anymore. It has to be a, glorious affirmation uh, mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, an alternative lifestyle and, mm-hmm. instead of the original, uh, you know, tragic element where all the characters have tragic pasts in the original. That's kind of core to the uh, yeah to the whole series, you know? Uh, like they, they did, like, a marathon on Toonami, like, last year, and it was, like, all the episodes focused on pe- people's pasts, you know, like... Uh, and they didn't even air the ones about Spike's past, but there were all these episodes about Faye's past and Jet's past, and I think they are, you know, Ballad of Fallen Angels. They did air one episode. Yeah, that's that's always Spike's like past, but, the go-to one. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there were there were like seven or eight other episodes that they they went through with, you know, Faye finding the videotape and uh, Jet meeting up with uh, the old copy new. Well, then and, he's also uh, got the ex-girlfriend too. Yeah. And the and then that girl who's like the daughter of one of his old friends who died, and there's so many different episodes involving their past that they have mm-hmm. to pick through, and um, and so it, there's just like a you know a, a goldmine of material there. And then I hear well, and now they've changed all the characters where like Jet has a daughter and all these things. I mean, did that get handled well? I I thought they did. I kind of like Jet as a family guy, and. There was some zaniness where there was one scene where, like, Jet's in this, using this VR holograph thing to watch his kids recital while they're somewhere else. And so while this is going on and, like, you know, Jet's acting like, you know, he's, like, he's really into, like, his daughter, like, in this, like, the main part of the stage. So he's up, like, dancing with her. But in reality, he's, like, in the shop dancing by himself like a crazy person. And then behind him outside, Jet is taking on, like, the syndicate members, like, or, like, some gang or something by himself. So, like, this comedic effect where, um, you know, Jet's in his own little world, and then Spike is outside fighting, like, ten guys on his own. And uh, <laughs> it was actually a really good scene. I really liked it. 
<laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, like, they, they introduced, um, like, uh, Abdul Abkeem was, like, a guy that's, like, stole rich people's pets, which is how he got Ayn. So they changed that up a little bit, so they wound up getting the dog. Um, and, you know, bring it on the Bebop that way. But, uh, you know, originally, like, you know, Jet was going to bring the dog to his daughter as a pre- Christmas present because they're after getting some doll for her. Or he, for him at least. And, uh, then it's, you know, his ex-wife makes a big deal about, like, I can't afford to having a dog here. You need to take it with you or whatever. And so, like, he's trying to do his best at the, you know, um, be the best dad as possible. Um, and even at the end of the, the series, there's, um, they go through the whole thing where he rescues his daughter from the syndicate, the shootout, protects her. And so it's his mom, you know, the, his ex-wife and then the guy, the, you know, his former partner that, you know, cheated, uh, on, you know, got with, uh, Jet's wife or whatever. And, you know, the daughter doesn't even say goodbye or thank you, daddy, for saving her life. She just gets in the car and leaves and Jet's just like, it was a total, like, kick in the gut. And, that was kind of like an ending where like, it was just that ending to the series ended on such a sour note. It was kind of interesting. So like, you know, jet wants nothing to do with spike. Um, because he wasn't, spike wasn't honest with him about his past working for the syndicate. And then Faye is to find more about her past. So that, so the game kind of splits up at the end. And then at the very end, like spike passes out outside of a bar in the alleyway. And then, um, radical ed meets him with the dog saying they need to go get bounties and so like when i saw the character acting like just like ed i'm like oh i gotta see a whole season of how this actor this little this person playing ed can hold up this character's role because it is over the top hammy and it was really entertaining and i'm kind of like i wonder how much i could stand of this (laughs) yeah and the thing is, I, I mean, for the first season, I think they had to establish the show as cool, and they don't want to turn people off with a wacky character like Ed, who kind of sticks out. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why they didn't include Ed much, but uh, You're right, right. the show got canceled after the first season, so that's never going to pan out. Well, you know, me and about a thousand, few thousand other people signed a petition, John. You know, those petitions are totally effective in getting what you want. So we just got to pass that petition through. And those executives are going to have to look at that petition and come up with a decision if they're going to give Studio Tomorrow another chance at Cowboy Bebop. I'm just saying. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I've I've been watching uh, Buck Rogers and I finished it, but... uh... They they changed the second season a lot from the first season because of Jill Gerard's demands. But the same uh, people who made that show, they also made Battlestar Galactica. Right. And uh, that show it got canceled, and then it did get brought back because of a petition. And uh, but it was as Galactica nineteen eighty, and again they changed it a bunch. Right. And then people weren't as satisfied. And, it, and, it, and I think the second season is half as long as the first season, just like the second season of Buck Rogers is only half as long as the first season after the uh, changes. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, even if a show gets brought back after a petition, they still often end up screwing it up anyway, and it's never the same as it was. So I don't, I don't know how well it would turn out, even if they brought it back. But uh, they, they might ruin it with Ed being like really annoying or something. Or the main character. Oh, God forbid, being the main character. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, like what if they didn't bring the others back and it was just Spike and Ed? Like they would get old real fast. <laughs> yeah, but. It's just kind of like, how much of this could I put up with? <laughs> yeah. 
so when I watched the trailers for this thing, which is about all I've seen other than those um, Cowboy Bebop with Seinfeld laugh track things that Josh posted, oh. where it's like them talking about shower bath shower uh, with like Kramer oh, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> And then I take a bath, and then I take a shower. Oh my god! Really, really cheesy. No, that was that was that was a dumb part. I mean, it was I. I got it. I got a little chuckle out of it, but that was it. But I I don't know. It's not overall. There's parts of it that really, really stand out. That's really, really good. And that's the parts I really want to focus on, and that's the parts I really, really like. And then there's parts that it does not work, and I just, I, I don't think it should ever be in there. But there is that part with the shower in the original where right after Faye gets on there, uh, she 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 takes a wash, and then Jed and Spike are sitting on the couch, and Spike is like, "That's not okay, right? She's taking a shower in our shower. Yeah, I've got to go tell her that's not right." And then Jet's like, yeah, okay. And then a minute later, after Spike's up the stairs, he's like, wait, Spike, <laughs> you don't want to do that. And then you can hear that Jet yeah. is attacking him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, there's like jokes like that in the original too. So I'm sure you could do like a laugh track on that and make that look stupid too if you wanted. You can do anything with a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. So I'm not yeah. going to totally judge the show off of uh, these little snippets. But uh, what I was getting to was the, the intro trailer is what I saw. And that had all these different little clips of uh, different scenes from the show, from the original show that were like adapted into live action. Like they showed the characters from Mushroom Samba and Carol LeFou and all the other... Were, were these actually adapted, these, these stories? Or did they make totally new stories? And just a, a short for the, the intro only, the old ones. Well, I, oh, you're talking about, like, are they just adapting from the anime? Yeah, do they adapt specific episodes, or is, like, it's overall, like, totally different? It's, or they did some, I mean, they brought in this stuff regarding, um, like, I mean, they really wanted to, to do, just, like, build upon the, uh, the backstory of Vicious and Spike, and... They did one where it was like a backstory of Vicious and Spike working together in the syndicate that led to their their split up over Julia. So yeah. that was actually that was like the second to last episode, and that one was actually really good. Um, but in the lead up to this, did they do you know some of these episodic things like the the kid that's actually hundreds of years old? No, they haven't done they haven't done that one. They did Pierre Lefou. So Pierre Lefou was the. Pierre LeFou was like this assassin from the Titan War that the Syndicate has like has in their possession, doped up on like drugs and stuff. Um, but however, it was. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, well, but so the theme park and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah, they the do. The, they do like a theme park and they can, they recreate the alley scene where like Spike and him are fighting. And uh, there was like a one perspective thing where there was like, um, you know, there, like when he's basically kicking the crack up, crap out of him in midair, but you only see the shadow. And when I, they had, they recreated that. And at first I thought it was really wonky. Then I went back and watched it. Like, I was like, well, let me see that again. I said, no, that's actually how they did it in the anime. So they try to get that down as, as much as possible. But instead of it spiking pure alone, 
it was like the Bebop game coming out of a bar, and it was it was kind of all three of them fighting him, but it was really Spike getting the grunt of that. Um, okay. So he wasn't alone fighting Pierrot, uh, and Pierrot was yeah. there to assassinate the whole group because that's vicious ordered him to go after them. Um. So they had like a you know they went to this little like a funland area and Spike fought him. Um. Which okay. kind of led to a piece of phase past. Yeah, anyways. Uh, I was kind of reading an email, so... Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, so, is there anything else you want to say about uh, Bebop? Or... No, nah, I'm just really tired. And I... I you're, ha- you're having cutout issues a bunch, and... Um, okay. Yeah, so... skip the whole... Chris Chan letter. No, no, I, I don't have t- I don't have four hours tonight to go through that. Heck, no, no, no. Yeah, there have been too many of them. Yeah, he's and now they're, rewritten they're so Ten long. Commandments like that, that, which is I laughed really hard reading his his new commandments, and that that's a whole lot to go through. No, that, that we have to touch that separately. <laughs> yeah, the Ten Commandments, like uh, uh, engage in adultery and, and stuff like that that he's added. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, yeah, I need to go. I need to call it a night. I've been yeah working on my room, and I've been worn out. So I'm gonna enjoy what's left of my um, New Year's New Year's Eve weekend and sleep tonight because I got to wake up for work in the morning. So okay. All right. Well, oh, this will come out eventually. So we'll <laughs> tune in next time, guys. Later. <laughs>